It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskan. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. You're very welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Epitaph, what would it be on your headstone when this life is over? We are asking you today, we mentioned it yesterday, have you been thinking about it? 086-1800-658. That's the number you need to WhatsApp or text us now. We want to hear from you. What would the words be on your headstone? Those final words, those words that would be forever as somebody wandered by to acknowledge you or say a little prayer for you and they'd read these words and it would really sum up you or your last thoughts or what you'd like to leave as your legacy. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. We introduced it on social media last evening and we have loads, haven't we, Louise? Loads and loads. And we'll run through some of them with you in a moment. Anyway... You and I have been thinking about this. So, Miss mm-hmm. Louise Walsh, c- can you pick one or have you a few or what, what you've been thinking about this? A few, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. W- would you have your your number one, if if I was to put you on the spot, if there was one that you'd have engraved on the stone? That people would go, yeah, that's really her. Yes. Yeah. What would it be? I'm freezing. I should have been cremated. <laughs> 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 I absolutely love it. I have some written down here as well. You can give us a flavour of the others. I think that sums you up because she is. She's always cold. You know, even in the summertime, if it's a little bit off, she's cold. There's no doubt. <laughs> I love the cremation end of things. Will I throw you one? Yep. Order spoons, knives and forks in their places, please. Huh. OCD me. <laughs> Did you get it? Order spoons, knives and forks in their places, please. You know me. That's me with everything. I'm going to put your shoes on your head in the coffin when you die. (laughs) Just to annoy you. (laughs) Have you another one? Come on, give me another one. Come on, you've been thinking about another one. Um, Yeah, should have died two weeks ago, but I'm always late. (laughs) Which I am. I'm always late. You are. Yeah. You are. You just can't set the watch. There's one way or another. Ring in ten minutes. No, I won't even go there. Um, let me have a look. Let me see. What was another one here? I walk the walk and, and talk the talk. Ah, oh, that's a nice one. What about that? Yeah. 
that's that's okay. one I was just thinking yeah. of as well. I have more there. Some that we've got already from uh, from mm. uh, online uh, listeners as well. Uh, let me I'll give you a flavour for them. Um, Angela O'Rourke, farewell. See you later. Mm. Um, Not fine. Looks nice. I'm sleeping, says Karen Masterson. I like that one. Uh, Wendy Russell, I'll be pushing up the daisy soon. Martina Freel, I'll be back. Mm. I love this one from Darren. Feck, I left the immersion on. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a great one? I like that one. In the the current climate. Uh, uh, I'll be back, says Anne O'Brien. Put the kettle on. Ah, yes, indeed. Uh, Gone to the Guinness warehouse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> says John. <laughs> I'll be with you for a pint there, honestly. Oh, and I like that one. Bridget, silent at last. Ah, Bridget. You know, and oh. that's you know that that that's a real poignant mm. one there, isn't it? Mm. See you in half an hour, says Mary Bannon, and so on oh, and so on. Oh, that scare me. Would it? Yeah. Would yeah. it? You wouldn't see you in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about? Nope. Still can't see Australia. I love that one too. Come on, folks. What would it be? That final saying on your tombstone. What would the words be? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us to the show. We want to hear from you this afternoon. Slán Gafoil, says somebody else. I like that one. Did I mention where's my phone? They're flying into us at the moment. Ah, there's one. Somebody there thinking of Tommy Leddy. Bye bye now, says somebody there. And it's hello again to Mr. Padder Farley. Hello, Padder. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> well, well, at least we have you loud and clear now. Padder, what's the story? Have you come across many sayings on headstones in your time? Yes, you would see some very unusual one. Some some says different things and some is um uh, I told you I was sick was one of them I noticed very much. The other was if I if I knew I was going to live this long I would have minded myself. That was one of the ones I remember. And then there was it's cold down here. Send me down a bottle. <laughs> I really like that one. Hey, Pather, you better take your time there. We could be writing yours shortly. You're out of breath. You did a sprint I'm, for us, did you? I, I, I'm out of breath. It, it, it was just, I had to run upstairs for the phone. Ah, the grand phone, do you see? Grand, grand. Oh, I'm grand now. Oh, good stuff. Do, is it something that people, you know, do many do this? It, there's not an awful lot of stones with little sayings on them. Or is there, Pather? Yes, I, I suppose more so they mightn't write it on the stone as they would when they'd come to make arrangements, you know. Mm. If they come to make a manger, they'd say, well, they'd like this said, or there might be some little words of comfort, there might be some words of fun. I, 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 a lot of people now are looking for that little bit of, you know, little bit of uh, take it away from the old... Um, Sad and, and and looking for that little light light in their life that maybe one or two mm. sentences would just cheer them up that little much. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Is it is it a morbid thing to consider? And like I want to say today, I, we have this is a bit of fun. We have total respect for anybody who is bereaved at the moment or going through a tough time, and we don't mean to offend anybody. It's a, a little on the light side. This, but is it a morbid thing to talk about? I think. I think if people have gone away from that, my honest opinion, that like death is a celebration now of mm. life, 
and we must look at at every aspect of it being dependent on the person if the person had a good sense of humour uh, during life he wanted during death as well he wanted during the funeral if there was a little bit of no sombre I suppose I think respect must be held at all times as you said there but this other end it brings a smile to people what you're doing today mm. even those who've been bereaved will find some little little comfort somewhere along in, in things like what you're doing I think it's good that uh, this should be brought to people's attention that life that you can get a little bit of solace from a light hearted show like today or doing, yes, you know? yes and, and, and I'm thinking of one for myself of course an obvious one Gone Fishing you know which is a lovely little short one which is a, a, something I absolutely love to do and I hope there are uh, lakes and, 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 and trout and, and salmon in, in the next life but we'll have to wait to see with that one Pather what would your little saying be? My little saying probably would be probably I'd say I will just probably say I had a great life enjoy 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 yes. the life I, I would say simple to leave a note for people to enjoy because I think that's important that the people left behind for anyone who's been bereaved I think most of us when we die we still want uh, I, if I passed away today I would tell my family you know, I tell my family the first thing they have to do is go on and get up the bank account look up the bank account the morning of my funeral <laughs> and when they see all the zeros there'll be no no number in front of it it'll be just zero 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 that showed that I enjoyed my life and they're going to start roaring crying because you know there's nothing in the count and they will people will think didn't they love him <laughs> father, father, you set me heart fluttering there. I just thought live on air we'd just discovered the winner of the big lotto in the league. No, <laughs> no, my lotto is every day I wake up, Jerry. I have the health. I put one leg out of the bed and then the other one follows. And then I'm right for the day. And that's a good day. That's the lotto for me. But, uh, yeah, I think that we must, uh, like what you're doing is brilliant. And there is some great ones. I say, you know, live life to the full. That's another one that's, uh, that yes. I, I comes to mind. And, uh, yeah, I would just say, look, it's dark down here for on the light, I suppose. But I don't know what I'm going cremation or whether I'm going to. Oh. Yeah, I haven't made up my mind yet. You see, I'd hate, I'd hate when I go down. Like, if I get cremation here, then the devil will have nothing to do. I'll be doing my other job. <laughs> You're done already. You're I'm roasted. done already, so I'll have to, have to do that. And uh, it's just out of all, and, uh, like, that's the way it is. We, we, it's funny enough you should ring me today. I'm just after taking possession of my new hearse today. He's oh, just after you? bringing it in from, from Scotland today. So we, we, we're just a brand new one here, and... Uh, we we be looking forward to it. So people will be saying, "I don't want to seen dead in it." You know, that'll be that's the probably one of the best sayings that they'll say. I don't want to be seen dead in it. You know, so you have all those funny so, things. So, Father, you uh, a brand new uh, vehicle on on the road now. Good to hear some more of them that's coming to us. Flaming Eamon is it is what it is. Eamon would love to have an honest stone. Peter Peter's a, a, a regular correspondent with me, and he sends me. Uh, he writes books and sends them in to me. But Peter. Uh, typical of Peter today listen to this one this is Peter when my country takes her place among the nations of the earth then and not till then let my epitaph be written oh, good on you Peter you're still 
coming in there, lovely Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Some great. You could make a book about them. You'd yes. want to write them down because really? people, you know, they'll they they'll be making up their own a now for you. Book of epitaphs. There you Wonderful. go. Here's Wonderful. another one. Visit me often. I might not be dead. Says somebody. That's a Halloween one for certain. <laughs> yeah. uh, another yeah. one uh, there. And nobody ever figured out it was me all the long. <laughs> That's it. That's the, clever. Some great ones coming oh, in. Unbelievable. Well, well worth taking popping, note of now because in here, left, left, right, and centre. Pather, anyway, you're 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 in a business that is assured of business, Pather. Yes, unfortunately, we won't run out of business. But uh, it's as long as we keep doing our standing and keep up and look after people. That's 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 the main thing. And uh, give people exactly, you know, nowadays it's very tough all over, Jerry, mm. uh, in every sort of business. In our business, you have to be just so 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 on on hand and be there for the people yes. and try to like even though it's Halloween and Christmas, deaths don't no. don't stop. No. But to have a little have a little sense of humour like today brightens up our day here. We're just listening to the show here as we do most days, and it's great. It's great. It's great because there's so much sayings I couldn't remember half of them. Do you know mm. what I mean? I you know but you know it is true celebrate it's a sad time when somebody goes there's no doubt about that and it affects people deeply and that has to be dealt with and you guys and girls do a fantastic job but at the end of the day I think you said something a few moments ago there is to reflect and celebrate on the life whatever length of life that was whatever it it, it brought uh, on this world of ours but that is the the key point today there are popping in by the new time you've put put a seed in our heads now I feel a boot coming on Paddy you're great thanks for joining me on the show God bless you Jerry keep up keep up the fishing I, I, I hope you have a good place and you won't be cutting us in the future with the fish absolutely God bless Jerry take care Pather thanks you. a million bye bye Pather Farley there just one before we head to our first break from Helen in Trim I love it people are just dying to get into Pather's new hearse uh, she wants that's her saying today and another one there from Tina in Navin Shopping Centre hello Tina Enjoy every day like it's going to be your last because one day you'll be right. <laughs> Spot on, Tina. Keep them coming. Padder's day starts when ours ends, says a listener. Just a general comment. And I love that one on a headstone. Oh, for the love of hoys. <laughs> Shows you one of the best ads on radio in Ireland. Keep them coming. We love them. Coming up after two, I'm joined by renowned writer and social commentator and columnist Michael Harding. Looking forward to talking to him. But just reminding you that the Furies are appearing at the TLT in Drogheda. And if you want to go and see them, they're there this Saturday night. TLT.ie for your tickets. Loads of the old favourites like the Red Rose Cafe, Greenfields of France, from Claire to here. But I think this is one that's special for Furies fans. The TLT this Saturday, tlt.ie. Tickets available. Let's remind ourselves of the wonderful Furies with this one. Sweet 16 on your late lunch this Wednesday afternoon. When first I saw the love light in your eyes. Your epitaphs, they're brilliant. Keep them coming to me. 086-1800-658. There are loads of them. Just a couple I've picked out that really caught my attention. Jerry, my dad always sang my way and on his headstone is, I've lived a life that's full. The first line, isn't it, of the song. I absolutely love that. And another one uh, that's come in there. Why the feck didn't you visit me when I was alive? (laughs) 
on the headstone. And that's a nice segue, I have to say, into my next guest because he is just, I may say, a national treasure. He has loved the length and breadth of the land. He's a playwright. Uh, he's a columnist in the Irish Times. You can read him each week. He's written, written several plays for the Abbey Theatre, novels, best-selling memoirs. And let me tell you this. His latest work, All the Things Left Unsaid, Confessions of Love and Regret by the wonderful Michael Harding is number one in the bestsellers chart in Ireland today. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, and I'm delighted to have you with me this afternoon. We've been talking about epitaphs from the start of the show, Michael, and that last one there, Why the Feck Didn't You Visit Me When I Was Alive? Really, your book, you've written to people who are no longer alive, Michael. Yeah, I could have put that epitaph as the title of the book. It, it is it is perfect, because what happened to me was uh, I spent time in Beaumont Hospital, and I had a serious operation, and I came out of it very successfully. Everything went well. It was, it was an artery in the spine that was really doing bad stuff to me, so... They fixed it all up, and I felt very, very lucky and very grateful when I came out. And I kind of was shocked as well, because it was the first time that I had really felt my mortality was kicking in. You know, because mm. if you get knocks and have to go to hospital when you're 69, like, it mightn't kill you, but you begin to think that, well, you know, eventually, after another decade or two, something is going to get you. And so I went away to Donegal, and I spent a lot of time on my own, and I'd be there from Monday to Friday. I had a little place to stay and I'd be looking out on the sea and I'd be walking on the beach and I was thinking about the meaning of life and I wondered, like, what was the next book going to be when I decided there was an awful lot of people who'd passed away that I really loved. There were people who had been very good to me in life and they had kind of died in certain ways where I didn't have a chance to actually tell them how much I appreciated them. And I thought, you know, that's a great thing to do. I will write letters to people that I loved. They may be passed away, that's okay. But I'll still write the letter as if they were, as if they could hear me, as ah. if they could get the letter, you know. Yeah. And um, I think it was a therapy for myself because I think that when you express gratitude, you actually feel better yourself. Yes. And you, know, you, like you, you, if you find. Go, huh? on, go on, go on, go on. No, if you find one single thing every day mm. that you can say, well, I'm grateful for that. It might be the view. It might be that your health is good or it might be whatever, that you have a friend or, you know, a partner. If if you're able to be grateful for one single thing every day, you'll actually improve your health. Your mental health will improve. And to say, to give your gratitude, to say thank you to people, you know, to appreciate people, to say to your children, you know, I really appreciate what you do for me. Mm. Or to say to your parents, you know, to say to your to your husband or your wife, like, I couldn't get on without you. Yeah. That kind of gratitude in your heart is actually good for your heart. It's good for your mental health. And so I thought, what a good way to do it if I was thinking of, like, the shortness of life. And I had love, lovely friends who had passed away. Why not just try and write a letter to them? Mm. Say, you know... You are so, and I have to say that I did regret, and I put it in the title of the book that yes. it's, uh, you know, confessions of regret because because in every one of those cases, I regretted that I hadn't said all this to them when they were alive. Mm. And, and the only people who can't read the book that I've written 
are the actual people who are yes, in the book. Yes, and that is the fascinating thing about it. But read, I've read it myself and I have to say it, it's really touching, uh, Michael. It really is. And, and it's beautifully written, like you always do. But it, it was prompted really when, and I don't want to give too much away, you got to get this book, folks, and read it. Um, when you were in hospital and this friend of yours contacts you and you have this long conversation and that sort of prompted you to thinking as well this fella seemed to be making our friend made all the running contacting you and you mightn't have been as flahu look back to him you know what I'm saying yeah I, I have this friend and I won't say his name because yeah. he's, he's a real person in the world uh, but he's, he's the guy who always phones me right Yes. so it's like he phones me and then he asks me how I'm doing and maybe I ask him how he's doing and we chat about the past and we talk about old friends. But I never pick up the phone and phone him. Do you know that kind of way? Yes. Like, and we do that in families as well. There's sometimes like, mm. you'd often hear people saying, um, you know, oh, my son or my daughter, oh, she never called this past, you know. But did you call her? Yeah. And that's the question I started putting to myself because I was in the hospital and your man was very good to ring me and be asking how I was. And I realised, you know, I never really appreciate as much as what he's doing for me. Now, there was another thing happened to me as well in hospital, and that was a strange thing. Like, he would, he would ask me how I was doing, and I would say I'm doing fine. And then I'd, I'd, be, I'd be lying to him, because really, I was in the hospital, and there was nights I was lying there awake in the bed, and I was terrified. Mm. And, when you, you know, when you're, when you're going to have an operation, you can, you can get very frightened that maybe it won't work or that it won't turn out well, you know. Yes. And so there's a lot of fear and anxiety that goes on in the hospital ward. And I found, I was kind of, I probably was rediscovering a little bit of prayer in those moments, to be honest with you. You know, it was like, you put away all your intellectual ideas and you say, well, look, I'm praying here, whether it's, the, you know, the Christian God or the Buddha or whoever. And I found that that actually also helped me you know, it made me feel better. That's what I'm trying to say, I suppose. I'm not a scholar. I'm not a therapist. I, I'm, I have no kind of training. But I just have to... I'm a storyteller with experience. And what I'm saying is that as I get older, the act of being grateful for life, I think, actually is like a medicine. It helps me like a medicine helps me. Makes me feel good. And when I, when I reach out to people and thank them for stuff, that makes me feel good. Mm. And and then when people who have passed away, people that I can't communicate with anymore, and I wrote these letters to them, that actually made me feel good as well. Yes. So, and I think anybody could do that. You know, if you have a loved mm. one uh, that you miss, uh, to write a letter of gratefulness to say thank you for your life, mm. it kind of makes you feel good in yourself. And I'll tell you another thing. November is a lovely time to do that. Because that's the old ancient tradition of November and Samhain and the month of the dead and all the rest of it. Yes. To kind of, in the old days now, we'd be kind of doing it in a very old-fashioned way, like praying for, you know, that they'd all get and end up in heaven. But, I mean, to, to kind of express gratitude for the lives of the people that you loved, to feel thankful to the people who have passed away for the goodness that they brought you, that's a very, very healthy medicine for your your mind, you know. Mm, it certainly think, is, and, and November is is a nap time. I want to ask you this: Have you changed your tune with the friend who rang you in the hospital? Are you more in contact with that person? I, I'd say I'm still an awful bad person to 
communicate properly with other people. I, you know, I try, yeah. but I think part of this is, is being a writer. It's, it's kind of, there's something about being a writer, I can't explain it, but you tend to live a little bit in a ring of steel, you know? You, mm. Like, I can go on stage. I, I would be in the town now in, in, in loud and I'd be on stage and I could share any amount of stuff about my personal life and yet if I was on the phone with somebody and they said how are you doing I'd probably say oh I'm grand <laughs> yeah. and I wouldn't really tell them the whole truth yes yes. and I'm still like that and it's a weakness in me and I admit it and that's the way I am but it's also why I probably write the kind of stuff I do of course of course I, I, I read the uh, feature on you in the Sunday Independent not Sunday gone by the one before you met Barry Egan and it was uh, an interesting read and the way he wrote it up I, I don't know what you made of it yourself but one thing jumped out at me and I said today Michael Harding I'm not letting you off the air till I ask you this there's a picture of you in a boat on a lake with I think it's a seagull engine a putt putt Pod, pod. Ah. Uh, what what lake were we on? That was in a shree in, in Sligo. Right. Now, I, get that picture and put it up on your website. I love that picture. Mm. I look young. Yes, you <laughs> I do. I am young. I'm like a child with long hair. Were you fishing? No, I wasn't fishing, but I've always loved the water. Yes. I, and like, I had a boat on... Like that, that picture is from Inishfree in Sligo when I when I worked there, mm. and then I was in Fermanagh and I used to have a boat on the Erne. Right. And the way that I would get peace and quiet would be to push out the boat on the Erne and put on the oarlocks and get in the oars and go way out to one of the islands. Yes. And when I was there, there was people actually. There was one old lady who used to live on an island on her own. She was an old elderly lady, and I used to go out and visit her. And God, it was beautiful to be on an island alone, you know? Yeah. And, like, I had a boat on the Shannon, where we live now in Carrick and Shout. We're, we're in near Arigna, mm. North Island, for the past 30 years. Yes. Well, we had a boat on the Shannon. We used to go up and down from Loch Island, down as far as Drummond Harbour, back up again. Yes. Little boat. Oh, no. I've loved the water all my life. Mm. I was reared at near Loch Uchter in Cavan, beside the Erne, and... In fact, in that book, it's the same thing. It's the draw of the sea, mm. the open sea that drew me to Donegal because I thought, you know, to walk along the beach in solitude would be a way to heal. Yes, yes. And, uh, and sometimes being alone. I had a cat one time in Mullingar, got knocked down by a car, came in the door. And I knew something was wrong because the tail was dead, completely dead. The tail was dragging behind the canal dead rope. And she went in under the stairs in the kitchen. There was a wee kitchen under the stairs. And she went in there and stayed there for about four days. Wouldn't come out. Mm. And she was healing herself. And then after about four days, she came out and she was okay. And I think there's a bit of truth in that for humans as well. I think that sometimes sometimes a wound can heal if you just, if you kind of be with yourself a little bit, you know. Yes. They, they say, go into the heart that's, no, go into the room that's in your heart. Go inside yourself mm. and listen to, you know, how you're feeling. And you'll feel, you'll heal yourself mm. sometimes. Yeah. So I was doing that in Donegal by the sea. And that's, and that's why I loved the water. And I was on it 
since I was a young fella. Always had a boat. Yes. And the reason uh, I ask you is because I'm a fisherman myself and the seagull engine reminded me of Loch Sheelan because I remember going there first many moons ago and hiring an engine like you were driving a seagull from Michael McCabe in the Sheelan Shamrock um, all those years ago. And I'm not far from you because I've visited Arigna in recent times. I fish Loch Arrow uh, on the Carrick side as well. So I wouldn't be far away from where you are and, there. And Loch Arrow is a very fine fishing lake. Yes. I think you'd get trout in it. Oh, lovely. Oh, the best trout in Ireland, Mike. Yeah. When I I was young, we used to fish just for perch and pike. And you'd cycle the bicycle home and you'd have a a big long stick with a fork in the stick and you'd hang the fish on the stick. And you'd be very proud of all the fish. I didn't like it. I thought it was too aggressive to the poor fish. Yes. And I ended up I'd go out to the lake, I would spend time on the lake, I'd go out on the boat, but I wouldn't fish. Yeah. I've nothing, like, I wouldn't have a row with you about fishing. Yes. But I couldn't understand why you'd want to fish and kill the fish. And then people would say to me, well, we don't kill them, we just keep them in the net and release them. And then I'd say, but should that be even mad? That's worse. <laughs> Well, would you not just would you not just sit there and look at the water <laughs> and contemplate the beautiful like do you know something? Come here, Jerry. Yeah. Do you know what I'm doing as I sit as I talk to you? No, go on. Within within ten meters of me is the pier in Carrigan Shannon. So ah, I'm looking into the water. There you are. Shall we go through it on the way out to where we go as well? But like that, what you said there is not just a, 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 what would you call it, a telepathy or contact or whatever, karma today between the two of us. But I have to say, that's the thing about it. Most of it, we catch and release and we let them go and that type of thing. But that's know, a, that's know, a, that's a chat for another day. Anyway, look, it's just fantastic to listen to you. You're just a tonic, I have to say, uh, with your perspective on life. And you've come through a, a lot the last year, the water, the sea, Donegal and everything, and you've come up with something Michael, really fantastic I have to say well, again. Can I say one thing to you Jerry? Yeah. I'm very aware of the amount of people who have real difficulties in their physical health. Yeah. And I'm aware that the little things I'm talking about like the spinal operation, the sound series but in actual fact, it was only mechanical and my suffering is nothing compared to what people are really suffering. Mm. And that's who my heart would go out to, you know. And and any of us who are in the full of our health, we should be always thinking to reach out to anybody close to us who has physical problems, yes. physical difficulties, and reassure them that we love them and that we care for them and that we're always there for them. Ah, oh, wonderful words. Michael Harding, we love you, and congratulations again. Number one in the bestsellers. you got to get this book, All the Things Left Unsaid. It's just powerful, it really is. Uh, Confessions of Love and Regret. I have a copy here, I've read it, I'm going to give it away in a moment. Michael, love to talk to you again. Take care Great of yourself. talking to you, Jerry, and thanks a million. Not at all. God bless you. Take care. Michael Harding there. What a brilliant, brilliant man he is. My copy of the book. It's number one on the charts. I want to give it to one of you today. Michael's talking to me there, and he just mentioned he's in Carrick-on-Shannon. In which Irish county is Carrick-on-Shannon? That's the question today for Michael Harding's book, 086-1800-658, by WhatsApp or text with your name or details. And I'd be delighted to stick it in the post to one of you this evening. You'll love it, I promise. Vanessa Carlton. 
and a thousand miles. Love that song. I really, really do. More of your epithets. Um, even epithets. Get that, you just get that, have to get that little pronunciation at the end. Margaret Madden's been on to us. Hello, Margaret. And uh, Margaret's studying, of course, doing a PhD in this area and agrees with Pather about, you know, how to look on the passing of somebody, that it is a celebration and there is sadness around it, of course, but really remembering the good times. And Margaret centres in her words that she would have engraved on the stone. Won't be for a long time, a long time yet. You'll find me somewhere within the pages of a book. <laughs> oh, spot on. That is you, Margaret Madden, for sure. Another one. I love this one. OK, here's the recipe you wanted over my dead body. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, at least I don't have to wake up anymore, says somebody. Reunited with my doggies. Ah, oh, Yvonne. Lovely, lovely. I did my way, Olive. There's many like that for sure. And going back to some of the online suggestions, I'll be back, says Martina Freel. Meet you on the other side. Dorothy Gallagher Shields with that one there. I lived as long as I could. I died when I couldn't help it, says Ava Murphy. I'm just resting my eyes, says Deirdre White's little engraving on the stone and so on and so on they go you are so good if you want to send us your epitaph please do 086-1800-658 by whatsapp or text Louise did you saw the story I, I know you did this poor man in Iran I was thinking of you <laughs> and I was thinking of me and I was thinking of you and guess what <laughs> It's the second day in a row I had a shower today. Is it? <laughs> Yesterday and okay. day. I said, I'm not going into work. No, I'm having a shower. And me going to mention this in the air. The other one will be on me case. I knew Should it. Should we ring Paddy Farley back? I knew it. I knew it you were on me case on this one. I just knew it. Thank God I had another shower today. <laughs> Did you see the story, folks, about the man in Iran? He hadn't washed for, what, over 50 years? Yeah. Oh, God, the state of him. Was he 92 or something? In his he? 90s. He yeah. hadn't washed for over 50 years. And was fine with it, you know. What did they do recently? They took him and washed him. And he's dead. (laughs) And I can see his epithet on on the stone. Why the hell did you wash me? (laughs) I guess you could really say about him, you know, you plant spuds in those ears. (laughs) (laughs) And you could have when you saw him all right. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I wouldn't stretch it that far. 50 days, maybe, but not 50 years. You can keep your soap. <laughs> yeah. I'm only joking. I'm only jo- I said this before, and the amount of people I met, and they were going, <laughs> when they were standing around me, do you really We not? just spray you with air freshener <laughs> when you walk in the door. <laughs> I don't shower every day. I don't see the point in it, especially winter time of the year when it's colder and that, and you haven't. You know, I don't think so. Certainly the hot weather and that you'd certainly need. But I mentioned top and tail before, and people were laughing about that. Just one. I want to mention something before we head to the next break. On Monday next bank holiday, I am delighted to bring to you a story that I've been working on for a while. It's about the legendary photographer Mike Bunn. And uh, I met Mike recently. He's turned 80. And thanks to the wonderful Adrian Taff, our own Adrian Taff, who's produced the programme with me. It's going out Bank Holiday Monday at 9am. And it's simply called Mike Bunn in camera and I'm very proud of it and it's going out between 9 and 10 Bank Holiday Monday here on LMFM Radio and if you're tuned in I wouldn't mind if you could 
lend us your ear and have a listen. But it's a wonderful, isn't it, Louise? He's a wonderful, wonderful such life an story. Man. He's such an interesting man. But it's going out here on LMFM Radio Bank Holiday Monday at nine a.m. So just get to up early. <laughs> I know the ra- I know <laughs> the radios are on in loads of houses at that time of the morning. But anyway, it's coming your way on Monday next. Up next on late lunch, is it the smallest house? ever that a family have lived in we're going to hear the story in a moment an average house for a four person family two adults and two children in ireland works out at approximately 2400 square feet now that's nothing spectacular that's the average so it is 2400 square feet for four when i tell you that my next guest her husband and two children live in their home which covers, listen to this, 550 square feet. 550 square feet only. It's tiny for four of them. There's a story, there really is. Paige Sincere, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me. And of course, we gather from the accent. You are from the United States of America. And there is a story there. Yourself and your husband, where did you meet? Did you meet in the States, meet in Ireland? We did. We met in Boston. No shortage of Irishmen there to me, I'd say. No shortage is right. Lovely city. I had the pleasure of visiting it. It's fantastic. So you met your husband there. He's from Kilkenny and you set up, had your house over there, your own home. We did, yeah. We had, um, it was it was still pretty small. It was just over a thousand square feet. Oh, Lord, you're not one for a scale, <laughs> let me say, a thousand. Well, woohoo, it's twice the size of where you are now. But anyway, right, it wasn't that big. Why did you m- move to Ireland from the States? Because you both had decent, good jobs over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the, the political climate was, was pretty intense and we had a longing to be closer to his parents. Um, and just as the kids were, well, we only had one child then, so she started to get a little bit older and we knew we wanted to live in Ireland eventually and we didn't want to move her when she was older, you know, like friends and all of that. We wanted her to sort of grow up where she was going to grow up. So we decided to move when she was nearly two. So back to Ireland you come, you felt Ireland would be better for children, better country to live in and you move in with your husband Matthew's parents. Yeah, we did. And it was supposed to be temporary. We just figured we'd land here and um, look and try to find houses. We thought we'd probably live in Sligo or maybe Clare. It's a bit cheaper. Um, And then we just totally fell in love with this area. We decided we didn't want to leave. My in-laws are really, really wonderful. And we wanted to stay close to them. So the idea was hatched that we would convert their shed into a tiny house. I know. It's lovely. Love, this is a lovely. You know why I'm laughing? I'm laughing. I'm smiling here. I'm, this, is, this is a great story. It really is. So the, the in-laws have a shed in the garden and you say, we're going to live in that shed. Yeah, that's yes, that's exactly what happened. It used to be a pottery studio. Um, it used to have an antique train in it at Christmas time. It's got like a, a bit of a sweet history, more more so than just a normal garden shed, I, I like to think. Ah, yes, and why not? It stretches back, of course, yeah. mention it. It's very important. So you set about, because obviously the shed had to be converted to make it livable uh, for a family. Did you do much of this work yourself or, or how did you organise yeah. the conversion? 
Yeah, we did almost all of it ourselves. Um, so we had in a couple of contractors. We had someone do the power so we could have a cert for that. We had someone hook up the propane once I had done all the plumbing for the shower just so we could have hot water. Um, and then we had these two so lovely contractors that came in and helped us fix our mistakes as well as putting in the wood stove and doing the plastering. Okay, so I hear you have gas, you have hot water, you have electricity connected. What about the bathroom issue? (laughs) Yeah, so we have um, a rainwater collection system and we probably could have a flushing toilet on that, but we decided to go with a composting toilet. So for a couple of reasons, we didn't want to do as much plumbing. We didn't want to be attached to the septic. Um, And also, we really believe that saving the waste and turning it into compost is is a much more renewable way to be. So that's what we've done. So what you eat passes through your cells into the compostable loo and back it goes into the surrounding garden, etc. and to fertilise, because I know you're growing stuff as well. That's really the cycle, is it? Yeah, so anything, any nutrients we take in here, we grow here, they stay here is kind of the way of thinking about it. My God, you are self-sufficient. There's no doubt about it when well, you hear that. Literally, you are, you are. But, but so, So you didn't connect to the main, so you have your own system to look after toilet matters. That's fine. Now, mm-hmm. 550 square feet page. Mm-hmm. Explain to my listeners, please. How many rooms have you? So my daughter has quite a small bedroom. We have pretty small bedroom, but functional. We've got a little bathroom. And then the main area... Um, sort of serves all the purposes. So it's got our wood stove in it. We have an eat-in kitchen. There's a little bar that also is a bunch of counter space. And then we just have a nice big rug in front of the wood stove with a couch. So my daughter is only four and she wants to be with us anyways right now. So she just plays while we're in the kitchen or doing other things. And it, it really does work for right now for the ages that our children are. My son is only six months. Right. It's compact and bijou, may I use those words, to say the least. Okay, so this is what I'm really curious about. The advantages and the disadvantages. So what are the advantages? Yeah, okay. So it's quick to tidy. That's definitely an advantage. We don't have so much stuff, um, which I think I think is an advantage. Um, we're together all the time, which is probably on both lists. <laughs> you know, like it's wonderful to be with us with our children all the time. And it's also a bit much like if the little one has a sleepless night, it's kind of wakes everyone. Um, the cons. So another pro actually is that it gets us outside quite a bit. Like we have so much more space if we think about the garden as an extension of our home, which we really do. Yeah. Um, So a con would be, I think as our kids grow, we're really going to need space. So we invested this money in this house. And I think on darker days, it can feel like, oh, God, what were we doing? It was a waste. But the reality is we learned so many skills. We weren't particularly handy before. So we call it our practice house. And it was an investment in learning for sure. Um, let's see, other cons. Oh, when something breaks, you have to fix it yourself because you created the system. Mm. So, like, I guess that's a pro. Oh, I don't have is. to call a plumber, yes. but it is, it, it's intimidating. Mm. And I take it as well, in terms of the costs of running it, and we're all hit by this energy spike yeah. now all around, it, it, it must be reasonable. Is it reasonably yeah. costing you? Yes? It's very cheap, yeah. I mean, so we add on, we pay off of our, my in-laws' electricity. We have our own breaker box, but we pay what's over theirs. Mm. Um, and I think it's like 30 euro 
a month or something. Like it's very low. And then we just have our propane, which is about a hundred euro every six months. Um, and that's it. I mean, we hotspot off our phones. We don't even have internet in the house because it just works for us to do it that way. The wood has thus far come off of this small property. Maybe eventually we'll have to buy it, but if we manage it well, we might be able to just use here. Yes, yes. So very and, low um, monthly cost, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I'm sure, I'm just thinking of the size and eat together. Mm. Body heat alone would nearly yeah. heat it, wouldn't it? <laughs> No, it does. Like, if I roast the chicken, I'm like, well, I won't put a fire on because the stove is going to be so warm. Yes. We invested a lot in insulation. So the house is quite warm. Um, I'm from a cold part of the States, and, and it would be very normal for people to have really hot wood stoves. So mm. when Irish people come over to our house here in the wintertime, they really don't know what to make of it because it's like it's so hot. It's like underwear temperature. <laughs> like, everyone's ripping their clothes off. So. <laughs> I've heard about leaving your slippers at the door yeah. or leaving your shoes at the door but taking off your trousers and top and going round in your smallies well that is certainly something uh, quite different I have to say <laughs> tell me this um, you know you are you, you are a growing family because you have two mm. children and they're growing up you will have to look elsewhere will you you will go a second time to create a new space for all of you yeah. mm. I think so I mean we're we're really starting to look for land now. We'd like to stay in the same area. We have a lot of really wonderful friends, and my in-laws are here. Um, we'd, we'd really like to go one step further with the sustainability. We'd like to build a, a cob house, which is a house that's essentially made of, of soil. It's mm. made of sand. Um, and we'd like to be much more self-sufficient and, and maybe even completely off the grid. Yes, and you know, just as a little aside, you probably know this, but if you don't, there's a wonderful programme called Grand Designs with oh, Kevin, so and it is so good, isn't it? And a cob house. I remember the cob house being yeah. built there, so I know actually what you're talking about, and it works out wonderfully well uh, when you build it. Come back to you know your family and your husband's family. I I I read it and I see it from you that you're all very close. It's a wonderful way of rearing children with the grandparents are close by and your community it's it sounds like an ideal life (laughs) it feels that way I mean sometimes it's overwhelming Mm. to be together this much and and yet I think that the benefits far outweigh those hard moments Um, I think we've gotten really used to living in tiny nuclear families and we don't have this kind of conflict but I think it's I think it's good for us. I think we stretch and we grow and humans would have done that down throughout all of time. You know, like we are equipped for it. Mm. So I'm very lucky. My in-laws are incredible. They are the kindest people that I know. They're very thoughtful and they love our children like so much. So it's wonderful to be here with them. It really is. We miss them when they go away. Um, And not just because they're minding the kids, like we genuinely like them. (laughs) Of course you do. And that is lovely to hear because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about life is about your family, your friends, people and experiences. And, And I know there can be tensions, of course there can be, but the pros far outweigh the cons on that uh, per, on that level I have to say um, the other thing is this um, you grow we mentioned you you know you become gardeners as well you grow your own stuff you have your own hens you have your own eggs there was a programme years ago you weren't in this country called The Good Life on uh, TV as well and oh. the couple lived like this also must be fantastic 
It is quite a learning curve, especially it's gardening here is very different from where I grew up. Um, but we are putting putting it down and we're practicing and we're trying really hard to learn. And um, it is so encouraging. And to see my, my daughter walk around the garden when the guest is here and name all the plants, like she is learning so much from what we are doing. And it really, that is so satisfying. Mm. Paige. You're just great. And I've so loved our conversation I have today. And I congratulate yourself and your husband and all of the family there on creating something tiny, but simply magical and wonderful. And long may that last. Uh, Thanks so much, Jerry. Thank you for joining me on the show today. (laughs) Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Paige Sincere there. 550 square feet. Think about it. I don't know whether I could manage it myself, to be honest with you. I like my space, but it can be done. It certainly can. Oh, we nearly have enough for a book of the epitaphs. So there's no doubt about that, Louise. I picked out a couple more there. There are so many. Listen to these two. Notes. I enjoyed I enjoyed these, Louise, right? Um, the time I enjoyed wasting was not wasted time, says mm. Bernie. She'd love to have on her headstone. I don't think you ever waste time. You know, you're with yourself, no. as Michael Harding was saying a little bit time. earlier on. Yes, you have time. That's it. What about this one? This is one of the stars of the epitaphs today, I have to say. It's from Teresa. She's, oh, yeah, I she like says, that one. <laughs> to my critics, bury me upside down so the world can kiss my ass. <laughs> I love that one, Teresa. I absolutely love it. You're fantastic. You really, really are. Uh, people, the inventiveness of people and the play with words is just something else. And we see it here all of the time. Wasn't paid Saint Seer just lovely, wasn't she, with the little house, Louise? Was she amazing? Oh, amazing you think woman. you could do it? I'd find it very difficult, Louise. I mm. really would. I, I, You know what had happened? I know she said it'd be great to, um, easy to clean, but the clutter, it did get cluttered, I think. I don't think you'd get in the front door after... A few days. <laughs> and you know what, Louise? What? <laughs> I have to be honest, and you know this, I drive people mad. As I drive you mad a lot of the time. I drive it's people mad. Too it's small just, a space. It's too small. I yeah. drive people nuts. I'd say it's just, it'd be natural to just have little fights and little bickerings oh, because there's tension. nowhere to go. Yeah, tension. There would be tension. She was honest enough to say that as mm. well. But in the overall, in the bigger picture, having her in-laws the children, a community she's involved in now, growing their own, the hens. You know what I mean? It's it's not the house, it's it, a home. It's a Ah, there you go. That's what just sums it up. Michael Harding with us earlier in the show. What a brilliant man. His new book has just gone to number one today. Really privileged to uh, speak with him. And uh, I asked the question for my copy of the book. He was talking to me from Carrick and Shannon today. In which Irish county is Carrick on Shannon? It is, of course, Leitrim. Loads of you want the book. And I'd love to give a copy to everybody in the audience. But I'm not that show. You know what I mean? Agnes McGuire and Carrick McCross, you get the Michael Harding book today. Congratulations to you. And thanks to everybody who messaged us in or WhatsApped us. It's time for this on Your Late Lunch. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. It is, of course, Doctor Who this week and the band's second album called Sloppy Seconds featured some of their most popular songs and was a resounding success. They tried to build on that, but unfortunately their next LP was called Belly Up. 
It lived up to its name. It actually tanked. And believe it or not, Doctor Who filed for bankruptcy. They were bust. It was 1974, and yes, they continued to tour with some changes to the original lineup. And at that stage, they shortened their name from Doctor Hook and the Medicine, whatever, to Doctor Hook, just the shorter version. And they signed with Capitol Records. A big move in 1975, more or less starting again as a brand new business entity. On the new label, they called their next album, rather appropriately, Bankrupt. And far from bankrupt, should I say, it proved to be, yielding a raft of popular hits, including this one, which reached number six on the US charts in 1976. You're kind of lonely, girl. Would you like someone new to talk to? Oh, yeah, all right. 1976, Dr. Hook sharing the night together. My artists of the week on your late lunch this week. The great, very popular. They had a run of 12 years there into the 80s. I'll mention it again when song after song was a big hit for them. And we'll bring you more of the hits as the week goes on around about this time in the afternoon. Louise, you have a, a little vignette to finish today on the epitaphs. You've just spotted something. Yeah, ironically. Um, there's a lady on TikTok called Rosie Grant and she bakes recipes that she finds as epitaphs on people's gravestones. <laughs> so she goes around the States and people actually have, you know, if they're known for spritz cookies as one batch, so when they die, their recipe goes on their headstone. So she goes around and copies and then she makes them. Wow, isn't mm. that just... And that's in the Ironic. news today. It's just a bit of an irony. It really mm. is. And it ties in with the listener who said, uh, OK, here's the recipe you wanted over my dead body. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you must Perfectly. be connected some way with that lady for sure. Anyway, thank you everybody for getting involved with the fun today on the Epitaphs. Lions Clubs are an international organisation. They reach all around the world and they're very active here in this country and there's a, a great branch of, I could call it that, uh, operating in Dundalk at the moment and joining me is their president, Tig O'Sullivan. Hello, Tig. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you for joining me. I don't think you're... What, 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 what is it called, the Lions Club, the local organisation? Is there a name in it? Yeah. Well, um, each Lions Club just has the um, name of the town as a piece of... We're known as Dundalk Lions Club. OK. So some, some of those want to draw this known as draw the Lions Club. And oh, OK. And it, it's a club. It's called a club. That's what I just wanted to get to. Anyway, you, yeah. you, you're fantastic people. You're working away on the ground. You are president this year. Who can join a Lions Club? Um, anybody, there used to be a conception for a long time that you needed to be a businessman or something like that to join the club. Mm. Uh, and that's far from the truth. I mean, the Lions Club will welcome anybody um, to join. I mean, we're always looking for new members. Yes. Currently, we have, currently, we have about 18 members and um, none of us are getting any younger. So we'd only be too pleased to welcome younger people to come along and join us. That's really good to hear. So if you're looking for something to do, to contribute significantly to the community in the Dundalk and Greater Dundalk area, the Lions Club, the message today on Late Lunch, are looking for new blood, looking for new members. When do you get together? We meet twice a month on the first and third Monday of every month. Um, and we meet in the Crown Plaza Hotel, who kindly uh, give us a room um, each night for our meetings. 
um, free of charge. What time are you kicking off at? We start at eight o'clock. Okay. And the meetings would the meetings would not would normally go on in no longer than maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. So the first and third, uh, which day again? Monday. The first and third Monday. And Monday. If Monday. If Monday happens to be bank holiday, the meeting would then be held on Tuesday. Okay. Great. So the first and third. So you'll have one this coming Tuesday. No, because the Monday is the thirty first of October. Yeah. Oh, I see. So I see. Yes. It'll be the Tuesday week. It'll be the yeah. The Monday week. Sorry, the Monday week. The Monday week. So we're all. I'm confusing you with bank holidays. It's the Monday week. The first Monday in in November is the next week. So if you want to go along, eight o'clock in the Crown Plaza Hotel, just to give that a shout out for you. No. No. No, that's not right, Jerry. You can't just come along to oh. a meeting. Oh. Um, yeah, I know it sounds a bit daft, but it's the way it's been for years. You have okay. to put your name forward to a member. I see. Okay. I see. And then, the, and then the members at the following meeting will discuss whether the member is appropriate to join or not. And then they're invited to the following meeting. I see. And how do you get your name? Like, say you have no connection with Lions. How do you get your name to a member? Um, well, we have... Um, you can... Either write to us at the Crown Plaza, uh, or we have a website, lionsclubdundalk at gmail.com. Okay. Um, so basically, contact any any of, of us members. Yes. Um, like coming up to Christmas now, we will be collecting at various points throughout the town. So, so anybody can approach any of us at those collection points. Very the good. One thing, the one thing we like to point out, Jerry, so that people don't get cut out, every year we pay, every member pays an annual subscription. Mm. of 90 euro and that covers all our overhead so any money we get in in its entirety is paid back out to the community I understand so that's the phrase any expenses in the running of the club or whatever 90 euro it's not a it's not a big sum I have to say for, for a year to give so lionsclubdundalk at gmail.com they'll be out and about uh, coming into the Christmas now you can walk up to them and, and talk to them or get in touch with them at the Crown Plaza on the first or third Mondays of the month give us an example what What are you doing what, what do you do and what are you doing currently well I suppose if we could go back a wee bit one of the biggest projects we ever did was um Daffodil Day last year for the Cancer Society. Um, that for many years was won by two local people and they decided to take a break and the Irish Cancer Society at, the, at that time had nobody to do it. Mm. So it was a major undertaking for us but we decided that you know we'd have a go at it anyway and the notice, we were started with fairly late notice but even still um, there was €24,000 taken in on the day. Very good. Uh, very and subsequent, subsequent to that, a number of people contacted us and said, pity we didn't know because we would have given you a couple of hours. So next year, we're going to take it on again next year and we'll be able to um, be at more locations and get more people involved. So hopefully we would hope to raise um, to build on that. Yes, well done. That's a great sum of money to get at short notice and gather everybody together, not to be sniffed at, going to a wonderful organisation, €24,000. What else? Yeah. Um, well, one of the biggest problems we have with them currently is um, we have purchased and put up on various businesses five defibrillators, uh, and we have been su- supported in that with Dundalk Credit Union and the Field Brothers who run the Maxwell Garages in the town. Now, each of those um, defibrillators is available 24 hours, um, but one of our members, Pat McGee, who has been uh, running the project, has with the health board taking on board the training of the TY students in the schools, in the secondary schools around the town who want the training done. 
and he has just finished training uh, 98 TY students in the Mars. And now he will, with the agreement of the school, he will move on to another school yeah. and hopefully will continue to do that until he, all the schools have been covered. Terrific. A life-saving and educating youngsters in it as well. I know other things you've done. You've helped the autism unit, haven't you, as well? Yeah, well, even just in the last week or so, there was um, an autism unit in St. Mocta's Primary School. Mm. Um, and we have given them, uh, again, in, as- in association with Hollywood Developments, a TV and a laptop okay. um, for the school. And we would hope that we would be able to give them a PC um, in the short term. But going back to years, we, we collected mobile phones for years uh, because it was a farm in Dublin for every 150 mobile phones you got, they provided a laptop. And at that time, uh, we provided 52 iPads to autism schools, including Abacus in Drogheda and the Educator, Educate Together School in uh, RD. Yes. Um, now, we still, we still collect the phones because when we've asked people for the phones, um, we will still take them. But there isn't anybody that I know of down here that collects them. Mm. But the hospice in Newry uh, collect them. So when we build up a few, we, I leave them up to them. Terrific. Um, rather than rather yeah. than being dumped. Yes. So so you really you know your work touches many organisations, many people as well. And for a small group, you've done an awful lot and reached very far. I have to say. And of course, as you say, there you are always looking for new blood, and that's yeah. an important point to make today. You know. If I can say one of the other biggest ones is we have been collecting old spectacles that are no longer in, uh, used by people. So we've collected just short of 10,000 pairs of spectacles and about 3,000 pairs of lenses which go to third world countries. Mm. Um, again, we're hoping to involve the two vice students in the schools to continue collecting those because up to now they've been involved, uh, been located in um, business premises in the town and we've been supported by all of the opticians in yes. the town as well so yeah. you know yeah. yeah terrific look uh, it's good to highlight uh, what you all do and the good that you're doing quietly behind the scenes there anyway just to remind you again the first and third Mondays Crown Plaza 8 o'clock you have to contact a member if you're interested in, in getting involved and lionsclubdundalk at gmail.com if you want to send them a wee message or you'll meet them out and about over the coming weeks as they do good on the run into Christmas Ty you have to leave it there today. Thank you so much for joining me. Okay, thanks very much, Jerry. Not at all. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. That's Tiger Sullivan there, President of Dundalk Lions Club, rounding off uh, Wednesday afternoon's late lunch. Tomorrow on the show, Aoife Gallagher's with me. Oh, I'm looking forward to talking to this woman. She knows all about fake news. Brefney O'Kelly's here. If you're thinking of buying a property, she's in the business. She knows the ins and outs of it. Caroline Busher, Halloween Tales. It's nearly the 31st. And Ivana Breen will uh, talk to us about winter skin care. Your artist of the week and more besides, of course. Have a lovely evening. Eddie Caffrey's on his way next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Do stay with us. Have a nice Wednesday and come back 1.30 Thursday. We'll be here. All we need is you. See you then. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.